0: Welcome to the Grace Point Church podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. So a couple weeks ago, we started this series um, and we started it by asking this one question. What if there really was a God? What if there was a God, and not just a God as we know that that what we would expect a God to be, but what if there was a God who was a personal God, who knew everything about us, and who knew us, intimately knew us, and that that God was not only God, was not only a personal God, but that God could be completely trusted that we could have confidence and know that no matter what was going on in our lives, whether or not we were having the best times of our lives or we were going through the deepest valleys in our lives, that we had no doubt, complete confidence that God was there, God was with us through it all. Imagine what your life would be like if you believed those three things. Imagine how different your approach to life would be. How different would your approach to life be if if all of a sudden everything in your life was going great and you knew that God was there and you didn't let it get to your head because you know that God is with you and you're not worried that it's all going to disappear one day because you know that God is there. Or if you're in that deep, dark place where it doesn't feel like anything is going right and you wonder if you're ever going to make it through and yet you still think to yourself, despite what I see, despite what might be going on around me, I still have the confidence of knowing that God is there. And that no matter what it may seem like to me right now, what it may seem like to me today, that I know that God is with me and he's going to take me through it. And that's the question we've been asking is, imagine if that was how we actually thought. Imagine how different our lives would be. Imagine how different we would react to things in our lives if we had that kind of faith and trust in God. And one of the things that we started off talking about was that our, the problem in our relationship with God started out with a breakdown in trust. That it wasn't really the actual act, as many Christians believe, that started this whole thing, which was a a man and a woman and a piece of fruit. That it wasn't that act that started it all, but really what started it all was a breakdown in trust. That there was trust in God, and then that trust stopped. That somewhere, someone said, I am not really sure that God has my best interest at heart. That I'm not really sure that God isn't withholding something from me that would be even better than what God is trying to give me. And so we stepped out of where God wanted us to be, and we thought that we could do better. And so it started out with a break in that trust. And so... This entire series, what we have been talking about and what we're going to be talking about are the five things that we believe that God uses to grow that trust back in us, to grow our faith. And we started off talking about that um, one of the things that God uses is practical teaching, practical biblical teaching, that if you talk to the people who have experienced being part of of a, a place or or having in their life God's presence, being a Christian, that as they tell you their story, one of the things they will tell you is, is that somewhere along the way, I met this guy, or I listened to this podcast, or I I went to this church, and that the teaching that they were doing, what they were talking about, was practical. That it wasn't just information, but it was also application. Not just, this is what's being said, but also, this is how it pertains to my life. And so the first thing that we taught that, that on there is is practical teaching, and then the next one we said was providential relationships, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, the third thing is private disciplines. It's it's those times and those moments in our lives that that people who who have been a Christian for a while will tell you that made a difference in their lives when they decided to put aside time to to pray. That that first time when they started praying. And not just the, God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for our food prayer. (laughs) Right? That always bothered me. Um, But the actual, I'm crying out, I'm talking to God type of prayer. Private disciplines. And then personal ministry. uh, That moment where many of us have decided that, you know, it's not enough for me to do. Only for me that we're going to step out and volunteer and do something for somebody else. Whether that's here in the church Uh, In in one of our weekend experiences or if it's as we do one of our community service events and then the fifth one is pivotal circumstances and we're going to get to those over the next few weeks. But today what I want to talk about is providential relationships and I want to try something this morning and I will tell you that some of you in here are going to absolutely hate me. You're going to hate me for what I'm about to do because if I was in your seats and I'm going to tell you what I want you to do today, I would also hate me. But we're going to try it anyway. Okay? So what I want you to do is this. Is I want you to uh, uh, turn to somebody. Yeah, I know. I heard it. I hate it. I'm already... I'm so grateful that I'm up here. And I don't have to turn to anybody. But I want you to turn to somebody. And I want you to answer one of two questions. One of two questions. And this doesn't have to be long. But I I want you to answer one of two questions. And the first question is this. It is, who is someone... That you feel like God used to make your faith bigger. Who is someone in your life that that maybe came across your life? And and it, don't make it some your relatives because your mom is is a cop out because that's my go-to. I'd say, hey mom, right? That's a cop. So someone else. now if you all you have is a relative, that's okay. But. Think of somebody, and it doesn't have to be the most important person that God used, but think of somebody that you kind of can tell as you look back on your life that you can see that this is a person that God kind of dropped into your life and somehow that relationship with that person, God used that relationship to grow your faith bigger, to make your faith stronger. Okay, so I want you to start thinking about that. But I know that there's some of you here, and maybe there's some of you who are watching us online, and what you're saying to yourself is this. You're saying to yourself, that does not apply to me, because I don't have that. Right? Maybe you're here today, and you're not a Christian. Somebody dragged you along. Uh, you lost a bet. I don't know. You like the charcuterie. I, I don't know why you're here. Maybe some of you who are watching us online, you're, you're, you're driving somewhere, and the person in the car with you is making you watch this I'm not sure why you're here, but if you're here today, or if you're listening to us, and you're not a Christian, maybe you you can't really buy into all of this Jesus stuff. That, That you hear it, maybe you've heard it your entire life, and yet there's still something about you, and something about your experience, and what you have seen in your life, that still makes you say, you know what, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure about God. I'm not sure if there is a God. And if there is a God, I'm not really sure that He knows who I am, or even cares who I am. And so if that's you, the first thing I want to tell you is, is that you're just like all the rest of us. There is no Christian who has never asked those questions. There is no Christian who at one point in their life has woken up one day and said, what if there isn't a God? Or what if He doesn't care who I am? But if that is you, then the question I want you to answer is this. Is who is someone... That possibly God used to cause you to either to have interest in faith, or to maybe re-examine your faith, or maybe consider, consider that maybe there's something else that I need to take a look at before I totally write off my faith. So if that is you, if you are a, a person who is not a Christian, you don't have faith, then this is the question I want you to answer: Who is someone that possibly God used? to cause you to have interest in faith or maybe to re-examine your faith. Okay, now, go ahead and slowly turn your head left to right and see if you can find somebody who doesn't look creepy uh, that you're going to talk to, all right? So we're going to give you a couple of minutes. Just just find somebody and and just tell them who is that person that either helped, that you think God put in your life to make your faith grow bigger or that possibly God put into your life to, to spark that interest to re-examine or to look at your faith again. And for those of you who hate me, I'm sorry. All right, so we'll give you a couple of minutes. Go ahead and find somebody and do that. All right, just another minute, or not even that long. Okay. What you've heard from other people, what what people have talked to you about, what you're still talking about, what you're laughing about, I'm going to fall over the thing. Um, One of the things that, that, that we have really experienced, and you've experienced it in your life too, is that whenever you hear somebody talk about their faith journey, whenever you hear them talk about their experience, one of the things that you will hear is that there was someone involved. There was someone that, that God, it looked like or it felt like, it seemed like God just dropped them into your life, into their life. So when you hear people tell their story, their story usually uh, has something in it that sounds like this. I was living my life, everything was fine, and then I met this girl. I was living my life, I was, I was going to school, and then I met this guy. Or I I, I was working at this job and and everything was going great and I found out that my boss was a Christian and I didn't really know what that meant but then he started to have a Bible study at work and I started to go... I was walking along and my life was fine and and my cousin uh, started dating a Christian and they invited me to come over. It always has something to do... Everybody's faith journey has something to do with someone that came into their lives. Now... You may be the exception. Maybe your faith journey is completely different. Maybe you're the person who says, you know what, I was uh, all alone, I was reading my Bible by myself, I didn't talk to anybody, I didn't listen to anybody, and God just grew my faith. Maybe that's you. But I'll bet that that's probably not you. I'll bet that maybe you think that that's you, but that's not it, because one of the things that we all see is that relationships with other people is so important, and they affect us so deeply. That the people who we hang out with, the people who we spend time with, affect who you and I become. And that as we look back on them, it looks like clearly that something happened intentionally behind the scenes to make that happen. Amen, now, if you were to ask me, I would tell you that there are three people who made a significant impact Uh, in my faith life. The first of them was a a pastor, the very first pastor that I had when we moved out to Florida. And when we moved to Florida, um, I had been going to church my entire life, but I really wasn't a Christian. Uh, I called myself a Christian, but I really wasn't. And there was a pastor who was in the town that we lived in, and his name was David Canther. And David came to our house and he said, listen, uh, I'd like you to come and go to our church because our church is only five minutes away. And we thought that we would be going to a church that was 45 minutes away because it was a lot of Filipinos at that church and the lunch was going to be really, really good. And this was the driving factor for me for deciding what church I was going to go to. Exactly. Well, no, they had noodles too. So I was, I was right in there. Now, David was, was, a, was a great guy and he was very creative and he brought us to a church that was a completely different than I expected it to be. And yet it was exactly what I expected it to be. It was mostly older people. It was very, very quiet. And David was the new pastor there. And he started talking about how church was supposed to not be a place where people who are Christians just come to hang out for a, week, for a weekend or for an hour or for a couple of hours, tell each other how great that they are, eat some food, and then go home. He said, no, listen, there is a purpose for church that that we're supposed to to be able to create a place where people can come meet God. And so he sat me down and and I I, like I said, I thought I was a Christian, but I wasn't. And so he sat me down and he said, listen, hey, what are some things that you think we could do that would get people who don't know God to be interested in coming in? And maybe they might give God a chance. And so, you know what I said to him? I said, well, instead of a church service, why don't we do a game show? Like, let's do, let's make a deal and we'll give away prizes. And then at the end, you can have five minutes to preach a little mini sermon and we'll see how that goes. And you know what he said to me? He said, let's try it. He said, let's try it. Fortunately, I had a tux in the closet. And so I, one, 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 one weekend we had, we had the service and I put on my tux and we had the lights and we had the music and we played, let's make a deal. And there was a couple that came that night, and the, the husband um, was the son of one of the people who was a member of that church who hadn't come to church for years. And he and his wife, they, they, they had absolutely no connection to church or to God at all. And uh, he came and he won a little mini boombox box because it was let's make a deal. And I was giving away prizes. I had cash in my pocket. I mean, we did the whole thing. That was the whole service. And that young man, uh, who's, I say young man, he was my age, but no, close to my age. But he, I said, that young man, he made a decision that night or that afternoon that he was going to come back because he had won that stereo. And he was intrigued by this place. Years later, that man is, is still a friend of mine. He's now a rabbi at a, at a church in central Florida. And so it completely, that completely changed his life. And it was because of that man, uh, David Panther, who, who my life intersected with. There was another guy, and his name was Tim Schulte. And Tim was an attorney. Uh, he was uh, my company's attorney. And uh, whenever you have to go to an attorney, it's not good. But Tim is horrible because Tim was in one of the biggest firms in Orlando, and every time I went to see him, it was, like paying, it was like it was like buying a used car every afternoon that I went to spend time with him because his rates were ridiculously expensive, but we were going up against a couple of banks, and it was just a mess and i didn 't know this when we hired him, but Tim was a Christian, and he was a strong Christian, and he brought his faith into his work and this totally blew my mind because in the world that I grew up in you kept your faith on this side and you kept your work on this side and the two never met but Tim infused his faith into his work and he gave me a different outlook and a different perspective on how we can look at God working even in our work. In fact, one of the things I asked him one day, we were about to have a deposition, and um, we were sitting at the table waiting for opposing counsel and and the bank's uh, vice president and everybody to come in. I was sitting there, and I said to him, I said, Tim, how do you prepare yourself for these meetings? And he said to me, he says, do you know Psalm 23? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, every time I go and I'm about to have a meeting uh, like this, I remember Psalm 23. Because in Psalm 23, David writes that... That God goes before me and he prepares a table before me in the place of my enemies. And he took that that verse that to me was about food and he completely turned it around. That when he's sitting at a table in his work as an attorney, that God has prepared that table for him in the place of his enemies. The third guy um, was also a pastor. In fact, he was my last pastor before I went full-time into ministry. His name was Mike Coe. And Mike uh, just totally exploded my idea of what it meant to be a Christian. Uh, In my entire life, I was taught that you could only watch uh, these videos, and you could only listen to this music, and you could only read these authors. And he just said, throw all of that away. And and in the deepest, darkest part of my life, when everything around me seemed to be exploding, and, and you probably have heard me talk about this before, but Mike... had me come to his office at the church every morning at 5 o'clock. And for an hour to an hour and a half every morning for almost a year, I sat in his office and he encouraged me and he took me through God's word and he showed me how to take God's word and apply it practically to my life. That it wasn't just knowing the information, but that there inside God's word was advice and instruction on exactly what to do. And as I look at my, my relationship with these three men, I look back on it now, having five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years past it. I can look back on it right now, and I can tell you without a doubt that I know that God did something and massaged something and pushed something one way or another to make sure that these three men dropped into my life. And he used them to grow my faith. And so if I were to, to, if you were to ask me how to describe that relationship, the word that I would use is providential, that God weaved something in. He did it to make it happen. And relationships with people is, is so important because it changes us. The more that we spend time with people, it changes us. And so... Even as we spend time with people who are a good influence on us, we can also spend time with people who become a bad influence on us. And um, one of the things that I... Uh, we're going to look at two verses here today. One from the, what, what they call the Old Testament, which is basically everything that happened before Jesus, and one that's in the New Testament, which is everything that happened you know, with Jesus and after Jesus. And it, in these two verses, it's not really anything new for you. In fact, it's, it's really just going to state something that you and I already know from our experience and from what we know about people and what we know about life. And this is what, uh, one of, what we are told is one of the wisest men who ever lived. He wrote this, and it's in the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 13, verse 20. And he writes, walk with the wise and become wise. Now, this isn't an instruction. This is more of an observation because in in the original language, it's really better translated as those that walk with the wise become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. Now, here's why you and I read this and we dismiss it because this is what we hear when we read this. If you hang out with wise people, you become wise If you hang out with foolish people, you become a fool. I am way too smart to become a fool, so it really doesn't matter if I hang out with foolish people, I will never become a fool. First glance, first time we read it through, that's what's going in our heads. Maybe not yours, but mine, most of the people I've talked to. But that's not what the verse says. See, it says, if you walk with wise people, if you hang out with wise people, you become wiser. And and in this, there is a spiritual component in there. That it's not just simply that you become wise, as in you learn how to, to balance your checkbook and manage your money better, that you learn how to deal with people better, that there is a spiritual part of this. That as I hang out with people who are wise, that there's, there's a sense of something about God, something about the, His Spirit in me that also becomes wiser. And then... What it says is, associate with fools. Now look, it doesn't say, associate with fools and become a fool. Because you and I, we're way too smart to ever become a fool. In fact, you and I, are we we know people who are fools in our lives. And we know that they're fools, because we've seen them do foolish things. We tell them that they're fools. We know that we would never do anything that's even close to what those fools are doing. But this is not what it says. He says, associate with fools and get in trouble. You see, what he's saying is, is that if you hang out with people that are going to drag you down, you're not, it's not that you're going to become a fool just like them. It's, just, it's that when you hang out with them, when you associate with them, you are headed for disaster. That word is actually better translated suffering. That if you hang out with people who are fools that you're going to experience suffering. The Apostle Paul would write hundreds, thousands of years later, he would write this to the the church in Corinth. He would say, don't be fooled by those who say such things. Now, right before this, in all of the verses uh, before this, he's talking about all of these things that you shouldn't do because they're foolish. Right? And so he says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. And then he says, for... So he's now going to tell us, because, don't be fooled, because this is what's going to happen. He says, don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. And I love this. It's in quotes. You know why it's in quotes? Because Paul didn't originate that. This is like a movie quote for him. We don't get it now, but back then, everybody who listened to this, they understood it. You see, there was a guy, and his name was... Menander, and Menander was a Greek dramatist who lived at around 291 to 300 uh, AD, and Menander wrote plays, and there was a play that he wrote called Thais, and one of the most well-known sayings from that play, one of the most quoted movie quotes from that play was this, that Paul is quoting in the Bible, there is a movie quote in the Bible, and he says, bad company corrupts good character. And that company in the Greek is is the the word homilia. Homilia, and homilia means companion. It means the person that you walk with, the person that you live life with. That if your companions are bad, that it will corrupt you too. And again, Paul is doing the same thing that Solomon uh, that uh, that uh, Solomon did when he wrote in Proverbs. He's. He's saying, listen, there is something about it. There is a spiritual component to this. That if you hang out with people who are wise, that it does something in you. And what you and I already know is this. Is if you hang out with people who have strong faith, even if you doubt their faith, you can't help but admire it. You hang out with people who have strong faith, even if you doubt their faith, you can't help but admire it. Because, man, how nice would it be to live my life knowing the same thing that they know. Because relationships is what does it. Relationships with people. Who we spend our time with. One of the things that I always tell my children. I've probably said it up here from a, a dozen times. Uh, I tell it to people who come to me. And he, they ask me. People will say to me. They say, how can I change my life? And I will tell them. And I'm not sure that this is 100% true. But it sounds true. I tell them you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Amen, brother. That's who you are. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you want to change who you are, change who you spend time with. Because you are the average of the five people that you spend time with. And the problem with bad company, the problem with homilia, who are bad companions who are bad is that bad company takes us to places that we may not otherwise go on our own because in all I can almost guarantee you, but that in every one of us who has a story of, of us, of something in our lives that happened that we didn't want to happen that it always starts out with bad company because bad company is usually who, who, who we hang out with when we, when we revert back to that bad habit that we finally kicked, and now we're jumping back into it again. Bad company is is usually who we're with when, when we fall back into addiction. It rarely happens on our own. It's usually because we've associated with bad company. Bad, bad company is, is the people who, who cause us to jump back into the bad habits. They're, they're the, the people who who get us to start doing the behaviors that we thought that we had outgrown or that we thought we had finally gotten past. And so who we hang out with is important. The the wisest people who 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 watched human experience and who knew human experience are telling us the same things that you and I already know, that the people who we spend time with are the ones that change who we are. And that's why here at Grace Point it's so important for us to create environments where we can build relationships and and create environments where these providential relationships can occur. I mean, there was a reason why I started off asking you to find someone and talk to them. Because you might talk to somebody today who you didn't talk to before, and that might have been a connection, a providential connection, that otherwise you could have been coming here for weeks, months, years, and never crossed paths with the person who you talked to today. And for us here... All five of these things, but especially this one with relationships, we value them so much. We do everything that we can to create spaces for that. And so our starting, point, um, our starting point meetings are one of those places. And starting on June 13th, so if you're interested in it, write it down on your connection card so that we can send you information on that. But starting point is a conversation about faith. It's a, it's a starting point. It's not in a deep in, let's study the Bible kind of a thing. It's a, hey, let's, let's gather together and let's get to know each other. And let's talk about what, what faith really means. And we know that those are, are, are things that are important. And even as we start into the fall and we're looking at starting groups, what, one of the things that we value here is that we value creating these spaces for relationships. And it's not only that, because sometimes you need to have fun when you have relationships. And we've built so many relationships here based on fun. At the end of this month, um, we have the pastor's welcome reception, which is where we we get to eat in the afternoon after we're all done here. But after that is family game show night. Which if you've ever been to one here at Grace Boy, how many of you have been to one here before? All right. And how many of you did not have a good time? I'm telling you, they are hilarious They are a lot of fun, and it is a place where you get to create relationships. Because here we know that the people that you spend time with are the people that affect your life. I love this quote by Andy Stanley. I I use it all the time. He says this. He says, your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. Now, if you're a parent, you know this. Because when you're a parent, you watch who your kids hang out with. And I can't tell you how many parents told their kids to stop hanging out with me because I was a bad influence. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Seriously, I know parents who have moved away from from an area because their kids were hanging out with kids at school that they didn't want them hanging out with. Because it's instinctive to us as parents. We know this. We know that the people who our children hang out with are going to affect the direction and the quality of their lives. And so when we are overprotective, neither of my children are in the house today, so in case they watch this on video or are watching now, the reason that I am protective of you is because I know that the people you spend time with affect the direction and the quality of your life. They do. And so when we tell you don't hang out with that person, be careful of that person, the only reason that we say that is because we know that. And listen, I know that instinctively in me. Thank goodness that Solomon and Paul were there to confirm it. That they were there to say, yes, absolutely. The wise, those who walk with the wise, they become wiser. But man, you are in for a world of hurt if you hang out with foolish people. And so the people who we spend time with is important. And creating spaces... You see, you can't walk up to somebody and say, Hello, Jeff. I would like to have a providential relationship with you. (laughs) Right? You will totally freak people out if you start doing that. So don't do that. You can't make a providential relationship. But what we can do is that we can create a place where God can do that. And that's why for us it's such an important value. So, what I want to say is providential relationships, there's the two things that you need to do. First of all, is that you need to be intentional about being in places that God can connect you with other people. You have to be intentional about it. And we try really, really hard here. We spend a lot of time. We spend a lot of energy. We spend a lot of money to create a space where God can connect you with other people. And one of the things that I love most about our church is that so many of you have come up to me and said how easy it is to connect with people in this space. And I love that because that's really what we had intended for it all along. And so if you want God to grow your faith, then you have to take intentional steps to place yourself in places where god can connect you with other people but there's some of you here who there's some of you here who have someone that you're praying for it's not a family member it's a friend or a friend of a friend a friend of a chi- of one of your children a coworker it's somebody that you have been praying for that you have been talking to god about there's some of you here who who have somebody in your life that you have been kind of come, trying to come alongside them, and 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 you you kind of see them from afar, and you know that there's something going on in their life, and and you feel like you want to be a part of it, like that maybe you can be used to to make a difference in that person's life. And see, for us, it's it's not enough that we're intentional about being in those places, but if if you are a follower of Jesus then you need to make sure that you make yourself available for God to connect you with other people. That there are people in your life right now that God is stirring up and that God is nudging you towards that. And that you need to say, okay, God, listen, I am going to make myself available. If there is somebody who needs to have that intersection with me and my faith to grow their faith, then God, use me. Put me in that place. So be intentional about making sure that you're in those spaces. And, hey, we're going to do our best to try to create those spaces. And if you have any ideas on how to help us do that even better, then please let me know. Um, Because we would love to just find a way to make sure that that continues to be an important part of what we do. But also, you have to make the commitment to say, God, I am going to make myself available. For that person, for that young man, for that young lady, for that co worker, for that cousin, for that brother or sister, that I'm gonna make myself available. So, wherever that it is that you can squeeze me in there where I can intersect with that person, then use me to make a difference in their life the same way that you've used other people to make a difference in my life and in yours. Be intentional, be available. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.